This is the boys Gen V podcast from TV Podcast Industries, and we're talking about Gen V season one, episode six, Jumanji. No matter how hard you try to be a hero, you'll always be a murderer to me. I'll never forgive you, and you shouldn't either. I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. I ruined everything. I didn't understand my powers. Like you, Kate. You told me it wasn't my fault. Welcome back, fellow boys and girls, to the Gen V podcast from TV Podcast Industries. We are not talking about the board game or the movie Jumanji. No, this is episode six of season one of Gen V, Jumanji. I am one of your hosts, Dirty John. (laughs) I'm your other host, Derek. Welcome back. Yes. You are keeping that moniker then, uh, Dirty John. At least for the boys podcast. Of course. Why not? <laughs> of course. It, it suits them. I think so. Yeah. I think so. Yes, we have a podcast for you uh, to talk about Jim Henson going X-rated, mm-hmm. as well as many other things besides. <laughs> but first, a campus-wise announcement. <laughs> it is, uh, fellow campers uh, and boys and girls, it is to say a big happy birthday to Derek. Yes, Yay. my co-host here and partner mm-hmm. is getting on for 50, shall oh, we say. Oh, oh, oh <laughs> that's, that's harsh. That's harsh. Not, not 50 just yet. Uh, no, but you keep talking about it. It's as though you are. That's, that's why I said true. it. <laughs> a couple more years. A couple more years to go. And you're trying closer. to add a few years onto my age as well. Well, we are one year apart. I'm one year older than you. And I thought I was one year older than I was, <laughs> which meant that it made you almost two years older than you are. <laughs> I was doubting myself. I was wondering what on earth was going on uh, when Derek seemed to be putting me much higher into the mid-40s than mm-hmm. I actually am. Yeah, I'm sorry about that. I'm um, still 45. Yes. Are you? Yes. Okay. Okay. Grant, that makes me forty-six still. Yes. And forty-seven tomorrow. Excellent. Okay. Good stuff. Because <laughs> <laughs> I think I told someone this week that I was forty-eight as well. So, oh my uh, goodness! Still doing it. Right. Okay. Still doing it. <laughs> Good stuff. So a couple more years uh, before I turn fifty, and uh, a couple more podcasts before we uh, we turn eight hundred on uh, TV Podcast Industries as well. Uh, at least you said on TV Podcast <laughs> Industries. Yes. yes. Indeed. Yes. Yes, we are not 800 years old. No, no. Uh, Hyaluronic acid hasn't quite (laughs) uh, been that powerful uh, to prevent aging. You are so aiming for that sponsorship, aren't you? Come Uh, on, L'Oreal, get your 
act together. <laughs> Good stuff. Uh, we are not sponsored, though, uh, by L'Oreal. Not sponsored by anybody uh, other than our wonderful Patreons and the wonderful listeners to The Boys Podcast and all of our podcasts. Yes. You know, The Boys Podcast, John, is our most successful podcast. Is the one that has the most downloads of any of the podcasts that we do. Um usually in in the region of two or three times as many listens as other podcasts that we have. And thankfully, Gen V has kept that trend up. And because of that, not because they listen to our podcast, but because of the popularity of Gen V, it just got confirmed for a second season yesterday. Yeah, so we will be getting a second semester of Gen V. More Uh, adolescent and teenage, oh, young adult filth uh, on the way, I guess. (laughs) Absolutely. As well as great storytelling. Yeah, yeah, it's been really, really good, hasn't it? I'm so glad they got uh, got it confirmed for a second season. The big question, though, is will Godalkin University survive (laughs) to the end of this season? I'm not too sure whether it will or not, or whether the, uh, the story will follow the kids rather than uh, the actual university. Yes. Well, after this uh, episode, Jumanji, we have only two more episodes to find out whether there will be a sort of wreck of a university campus Mm -hmm. after this. Because, yeah, things come to a head, should I say, um, in this episode for our students of Godolkin University that we're following. But... Before we get into our spoiler-filled discussion, remember, fellow boys and girls, you can head on over to our website at tvpodcastindustries.com to subscribe to any good or evil podcast player of your choice. You can also leave voicemails over there for our feedback section because we love to hear from our fellow boys and girls as well. Mm -hmm. Uh, You can also send emails into feedback at tvpodcastindustries.com or pop on over to our Facebook group at facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash tv podcast industries where you can leave thoughts theories observations on each and every spoiler post that we put up in the group uh, for each episode of gen v absolutely and once more a reminder uh, we are conducting our gen v student bar quiz uh, the sixth question for the student bar quiz will be available later in the episode gather together all eight answers at the end of the season email them into us at feedback at tvpodcastindustries.com and you could be in the chance of getting your hands on some Gen V goodies. Indeed. I can't remember how announcements work. Do you do the sounder at the end of the announcements as well? I'm going to do the sounder at the end of the announcements. I think it's at the beginning. You don't do it on both ends, no? To show the to, to close opening it out. Close. Yes, you do. Well, See, you right. do in a Butlins, yeah. Okay. Absolutely. <laughs> okay, good stuff. It's Heidi High. Uh, that's where we got yeah, it from, from, exactly. from last week's podcast, just in case you'd forgotten that uh, you made me go out and find the, the sound for that. Uh, I did remember. Or Greece <laughs> as well. Greece? The movie, yes. The principal's uh, secretary. She also had a little bit of music to uh, start off the announcements through uh, Rydell High. Uh, well, it was a musical, so everything had to have music associated exactly. with it, I suppose. I suppose, But I haven't seen Greece in about uh, 15 to maybe even 20 years, <laughs> thankfully. Uh, John, will we get into our discussion about Jumanji? Yes, let us get into episode six of Gen V, Derek. Who gave us what, when, where, how, and why? Well, of course, the show was developed by Craig Rosenberg and Evan Goldberg with Eric Kripke. The showrunners for the show, again, as, as always, are Michelle Fazekas and Tara Butters, based in the comic series by Garth Ennis and Derek Robertson. Uh, the executive producer for the show, again, Seth Rogen and Evan Goldberg. Uh, this episode was written by Lauren Greer. She is an executive story editor in Gen V, previously a writer on the TV show Timeless, which was also created by Eric ah. Kripke. 
Nice. Excellent. Yeah. yeah. Reward people for good work. If yes, they, if they work well, bring them along with you to your new shows, I guess. Well, it makes sense. You yeah. know, partnerships in the creative industries um, tend to, to work, you know, that kind of wavelength of artistic creativity exactly exactly uh, and this episode was directed by rachel goldberg and um, this is her first episode of gen v but previously has done lots of tv work including american gods mayans mc and resident evil the tv show as well excellent stuff yeah, yeah. lots of, lots nice of work little there. Uh, cv there absolutely john do you want to tell us what they gave us with your synopsis for gen v episode six jumanji sure as Kate uses her powers to restore the memories she stole from them, Marie, Andre and Jordan react to her betrayal, while Emma runs to find Sam. But the immense power she has used puts Kate into overload, dragging the rest into her mind. Inside her memories, they learn how Dean Shetty manipulated Kate into her experiments on Sam and Luke. But they also meet her imaginary friend, Soldier Boy, who tells them their lives are at risk if they don't get out of Kate's mind before it breaks for good. As their memories intertwine, they all learn each other's secrets. Andre had been cheating with Kate behind Luke's back. Jordan had known about Brink's involvement, but chose their advancement at Godju over reporting it, and the extent of Marie's sister's anger at her killing her parents. Realising all their problems stem from their parents' experimentation with Compound V, Marie tries to convince Kate that it's not her fault. She agrees to let them go, but Andre pushes her further, telling Kate she doesn't just get to walk away from all the harm she's caused. They return from Kate's mind in time for her to be threatened by Sam for her responsibility in his brother's death. Emma calms him down and they confront the reality that Dean Shetty is behind it all. Meanwhile, Dr. Cardosa has been testing a virus he created on the fire suit Betsy, one of the occupants of the woods. When she's unable to use her powers, Dean Shetty asks him to increase the dose. The soup quickly dies, and Dr. Cardosa is concerned that he's failed Shetty, but instead she wants to know how quickly he can weaponize the soup-killing virus. Ooh, a bit of a mega end to this episode. This is pretty huge. As we've seen throughout the boys TV show, uh, killing soups is very difficult to do. Yeah, absolutely. Even Stormfront that was pummeled managed to survive on a hospital bed for quite a long time. She did. She did. Um, being subjected to some awful things from yeah, Homelander from while Homelander. lying there. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, poor old Betsy. The, you know, the fire starter mm -hmm. certainly uh, didn't look very well, well absolutely. by the end. Yeah, that kind of takes us on to our, uh, our first moment from the yes. episode, John. Let us get into our freshman or minor moment from this episode. Mm -hmm. A soup-killing virus. Mm -hmm. I don't mean tomato or chicken soup. <laughs> I mean superheroes from this world. Yes, absolutely. I know it's the end of the episode, but it, and it is a minor moment. Um, well, but it's, it's a, a ma it is a major moment for this show and the yes. boys, I think, as well. It's a little big moment. Yes, it is. It is. Uh, but yes, you mentioned Betsy. Interestingly, we actually saw Betsy earlier on in the season uh, when the food was being delivered. That Emma was on the tray trying to get into Sam's cell. Um, we see them knock open the cell door, and some fire shoots out, and uh, the attendant there shouts. Um, 
back to Betsy to calm down. She just she just needs to get her food. So that was Betsy, the uh, the fire uh, fire soup uh, that we saw earlier on in the season. But now um, she's getting pretty bad treatment here. She's getting experimented on uh, by Doctor Cordosa here, uh, giving her effectively a kind of a flu virus. Uh, yeah. It seems like um, which has taken some. Is it uh, his compound V? Mm-hmm. It's yeah. a, exactly. It's only it only hits uh, compound V, but it's giving her the flu. But it's also taking away her power. She's unable to use any powers uh, in the room with Chetty and Cardosa. Yeah, exactly. I, I love how these scenes with Cardosa and Chetty and Betsy, you know, span across this this episode, and mm-hmm. you know, it begins with um, this virus in order to compassionately control soups. But after Shetty sees this, she wants to see how sick they can actually make them uh, before submitting this report to Vought. So it almost sounds like, you know, this is a Vought project as well, Mm -hmm. Um, which is interesting. You know, I think they realize they need a way of controlling their employees. Well, absolutely. Probably Homelander in particular, given what's going on. Mm-hmm. And remember, Ashley's in charge of Vault and she knows uh, the full extent of what uh, of what all these soups are actually like. Uh, so she's probably looking for some way to give her the upper hand before she pulls all of her hair out <laughs> with yeah, all the things they true. do to her. So, uh, so yeah, there there is that conversation between the two of them where Dr. Cardosa is saying, pretty much ready now i'm going to send over the details to to Voss and um Shetty's saying no stop um keep pushing it push it further i want to see how far it goes yeah definitely the other interesting thing here is that seemingly polarity andre's father mm-hmm. also knows about the woods and what's going on as we do hear andre referencing him saying how much of a coward he thinks mm-hmm. his father is no. but ultimately does polarity know the extent yeah. Of this work. Maybe as far as compassionately controlling soups, but this, <clears throat> this additional add ons to the testing and uh, being done by Cardosa, you know, uh, to increase the, the dosage mm-hmm. and ultimately to see what happens seems to be coming directly from Shetty here. Yeah, it is. Um, yeah. And I guess that is to cover and the full span of stuff that they need to report back to Vault, but it ends up where, you hear that, you know, the dose where it just makes Betsy unable to use her powers is like after two days. And then you hear that whatever Cardosa has created mm-hmm. is really, really potent because I didn't even up it that much. Exactly. Because Betsy is looking, uh, well, she's very dead, but yes. also looking very postulating uh, and... Yeah, about to explode. So he's they've really killed her. Absolutely. And then you get, I want to weaponize it. Yeah, um, looking so, forward to how, how would you make it contagious? Yeah. So effectively get it into the bloodstream, get it into the air, and maybe take out all of the soups. Yeah. It seems to be Shetty's so idea. So within the episode, it's gone from compassionately controlling the mm-hmm. soups yeah. to how sick can we make them to how can we make this contagious, you know, yeah effectively weaponizing it exactly. if need be 
Yeah, exactly, exactly. Uh, on the question of polarity, um, Andre's dad, I, I do think you're right. I think he's probably aware that there's some experimentation going on and potentially for him it's about thinning out the herd a bit. You know, this idea that he wants to be number one, he wants his son to be number one. So the idea that maybe you could knock off a few uh, a few superpowers um, so that there's nobody else competing with the ones that want to be in the seven or the ones that they choose, that might be polarity's idea. But I don't think anybody knows how far Shetty's going here. Yeah. Uh, Dr. Cardoza is really apologetic that he's killed Betsy. Um, he thinks that he's going to get fired or he thinks he's going to get retribution taken against him by Shetty when he does kill her. Yeah. Um, and then it turns out uh, this seems to be what Shetty actually wanted to happen. So uh, that's very interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Excellent stuff. Yeah. yeah. A really important point for this series. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, small but perfectly formed, yes. I think, our freshman moment uh, for, for this episode. Yeah. Just one quick thing, though. What if she does make it? And what if it falls into the hands of Billy Butcher rather than into the hands of Shetty's associates? Well, that's the other side. Mm. Yeah, so, so if, it could be boys setting it, up yeah. for, for Billy Butcher. Yeah. Uh, yes, and Season the boys. Season four, maybe, yeah. yeah and then if, if they have a weapon that's capable of killing Ooh. any soup. Yeah. Yeah, everything's be. connected. Could be, could As be. As they say in another comic universe. <laughs> I wonder which one. But yeah. let us get on to our <laughs> sophomore or medium moment from mm-hmm. this episode. Yes, Emma and Sam get it on. Yes, they reunite after uh, after Emma gets all her memories back. We see that at the beginning of the episode. Um, Kate's giving everybody their memories back. I do love that moment as uh, we see the flash through everything that's happened to Emma that's been removed from her memory by Kate. And then she just goes... Thanks so much for making me relive all of that. So she's seen all of those memories in a couple yeah, of seconds. No. But she rushes out to meet up with Sam. And finally, they uh, they commit to their relationship uh, and have sex together. Um, Sam, of course, having been locked in this uh, in the woods for uh, since he was about 12, right? Uh, 10 or 12, maybe. Maybe even younger than that. We don't know, actually, when he got locked in first time. Uh, but he's been there forever and saying his only sexual experience has been um, his hand, which is accomplished, <laughs> but he would like to have real sex. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, we get a fantastic, I think, slag on Heartstopper. I think it's a definitely a comment on Heartstopper. Yeah, yeah. it, it yeah. is, um, which... Uh, I really liked where we get the, the, the music or one of the big songs from Heartstopper, uh, playing. Yeah, Delete the Kisses by Wolf Alice, which yeah. became really big after Heartstopper. A lovely show, an absolutely gorgeous show, nothing like Gen V at all. But it's really about a, a show about two kids who fall in love and when their hands touch, it's absolutely beautiful. It's lovely moments. Whereas here we've got effectively two characters banging to the same song. Yeah, so, exactly. Uh, something that would, Never happen if if Heartstopper went on for like twenty years. You would never have a scene like yes. this. Well, uh, it's it's a different kind of approach <laughs> it's to a looking lovely at romantic show at people's sexuality, exactly, uh, exactly. whatever it is on that spectrum. So, yeah. but so it's certainly a a nod to that, and uh-huh. I think. Uh, a slag on it, basically. Absolutely. Either that or Wolf Alice are going for the true four-quadrant audience for their music. Yes, <laughs> going, I would right, say so. We've got the Heartstopper crowd, now we're going for the Gen V crowd for exactly. this great song. <laughs> I mean, or a riff, I guess. You know, yeah. it's a riff on it. But the, yeah. this is them getting it on. And it, I thought this was quite cute, really. You know, you know, Emma saying to Sam, I missed you. And it going into them sort of experimenting mm-hmm. uh, and having sex. But ultimately... Uh, we have Sam getting his visions of <laughs> um, of Emma as a puppet. Oh, we even 
get the Titanic moment as well uh, of the hands pouring down the glass, the steamy glass <laughs> of an arcade cabinet, uh, which I thought was really funny. But I mean, I thought it was hilarious. Yeah, yeah, I th- it was so funny. So I mean, while Sam saw uh, a puppet, uh-huh. it seems as though Emma saw God. <laughs> Which, uh-huh. yeah, it, it is is quite a reputation that Sam has has done in a very short space of time, mm-hmm. and I think there were like fourteen times. And then we have the joke that I don't think I could do that twenty four seven, maybe twenty three seven. Very good. And like going, yeah. ah, the youth, absolutely, you know, yeah. No worry, not worried about hips, back, sort of <laughs> knees. Sort of uh, having to take, I don't know, cod liver oil capsules uh, as you know prior prior to the the event in order to lubricate. Not we, that I'm suggesting, fellow boys and girls, that this is what we do. We've also established we're not fifty yet, but yeah, it is it is closer to three seven rather than twenty three seven. Well, but I was like, oh my goodness. Um, uh, he's also established himself you know obviously he's got some good training from the hand I guess um, if she saw God 14 times but I do love when when Sam <laughs> reacts to it and goes I saw and then pauses going maybe I shouldn't tell her I saw her turn into a puppet while I was having sex with yeah. her uh, really good maybe he shouldn't be doing that but yeah <laughs> Or maybe, given it was 14 times, mm-hmm. maybe his hand hadn't been in operation for quite some time. Maybe, maybe. Um, possibly <laughs> because he was strapped down on a desk uh, being operated on or transfused with blood like we see as well, you know. Wow, wait to take, wait to take the mood down there, John. Yeah, well, I'd just say, well, <laughs> yes, they true. in a sense took the mood down a bit themselves, but it was more of a cautionary mm-hmm. post-sex, you know, um, Sam sort of struggling with the fact that he feels he's messed up and mm. that maybe Emma shouldn't be with someone like him and should be with someone else. And again, cuteness uh, sort of just continues with Emma saying she doesn't want to be with anyone else but him. And so it's all like really good. I mean, even to the point where Sam is like saying, I wish we could run away from here and just mm-hmm. spend our life together. So, you know, this this relationship has developed humongously quickly well yeah you know really fast um but emma's like no more running Mm -hmm. go emma absolutely absolutely i do wonder because it is something you say when you fall in love for the first time with your first big love and again sam hasn't been with very many people but when he goes i'm really messed up and emma goes so am i i don't think the two of them are on the same level of messed up though (laughs) he's been like experimented on for 10 years and yes, she has had some bad times. Don't get me wrong. We've seen a lot of them so far. But I don't know whether on the, they're on the same level of messed up. And I do wonder if we are going to see um, well, Sam go over the edge towards the end of the season. Maybe. I but yeah. maybe different levels of messed up. I mean, ultimately, Emma was jockeying a, a pink rocket uh, only earlier. She was. Because she, yeah. she was in need of a physical relationship mm-hmm. you know yeah. episode one it was all about the threesome yeah so like she is you know the hormones uh are running through her Absolutely. she is literally electric as is sam because he's been cooped up as well you know yeah. hormones running amok absolutely um, yes in the first the first episode she said all she wanted was a threesome from yeah. college and now she could have her Perfect love. Uh, yeah, let's let's keep the romance in there, John. Good stuff. I think so. Yeah, good stuff. Uh, but yeah, definitely had to call that out. Uh, really liked that scene. I thought it was a, a good um, opposite, I guess, to everything else that's going on uh, in the in the show. Uh, just again to kind of say, 
Sam does see this all the time. His, uh, his brain goes to puppets uh, quite quite often. Absolutely. Yeah. And it'd be great sex education to have puppets. <laughs> to do it with yeah, puppets, exactly. yes. <laughs> Not if the crew from Gen V are involved. It would get very graphic. Um, the, uh, so yeah, so maybe, maybe adults only uh, sex education yeah. puppet uh, puppeteering there. Yeah. Jim Henson and the Muppets, Mr. Beat, there, they could have been, they could have been, uh, you know, a sex education for teenagers. Maybe, maybe Sesame Street Nights, I guess. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> could all be in red. Anyway, <laughs> let us get on to our senior moment, <laughs> our major moment of the episode. Yes, inside of Kate's mind yeah i i noticed when we were watching it uh today uh, that that it does reference the fact that in uh in season three of the boys uh, a similar scene happened to um billy butcher where he was drawn into uh, his memories and into his mind uh, to kind of explore his past and what happened to him and made him the way he is um i really like that's not the tack they took here with kate that she effectively drags them in uh to her mind and you think it's going to be just about exploring how Kate got to the point that she's at. And you do learn some of that. But a lot of this is actually about exploring everybody else's parts that they played oh, within yeah. within this story. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, I mean, right from the outset, you know, I think it's, the and it overarches all the scenes, it is the theme for mm-hmm. this adventure into the mind of, of Kate, you know, with Andre, Jordan and Marie. Because right from the start, after Kate's given everyone's memories back you know Andre and Maria are trying to work out you know was Kate used and abused Mm. and manipulated by Shetty or is she a part of it and this is really what is partially explored within the whole Jumanji of being in this other world outside of reality Mm -hmm. within Kate's mind and it is you know it looks at Kate's and undoubtedly she was not only by Shetty, but her mom. Mm-hmm. I mean, the moment actually when Shetty arrives to Kate's house and you see that she's been locked in her room, bolted in her room uh, by her parents mm-hmm. after um, the incident with her brother, Caleb, where you see her mom saying, you know, I don't feel safe with her. You know, she's pleasing to the policeman there who's trying to sort of take this young girl away, you know, mm-hmm. don't come any closer. You know, they're fearful of Kate because of what she can do. And they've effectively incarcerated her in her own house yeah. uh, for such a long time. And Shetty becomes a ray of light for her. Mm-hmm. You know, she says, I don't fear you. I trust you. Your brother's disappearance was a really terrible accident you know gives her pills to make the voices stop in her head so you know this idea that she has been with these thoughts you know we see here that kate's powers are actually really powerful because when she blacks out because of all the manipulation that she's been doing with people's minds she's Mm -hmm. also been able to draw in the minds of Andre, Marie, and Jordan yeah. into her own and, and and trap them. So she's immensely powerful, and you see the fear from her parents and um, because of that incident with Caleb. And Shetty is that first ray of light who mm-hmm. gets her to take off the gloves. Yeah, but it's you know, so as a young impressionable 
person that's had that done to her, mm-hmm. Shetty is someone that she can trust. But, but yes. you know that Shetty is this master manipulator mm-hmm. because we've seen her trying to do that with Marie. Yeah. Um, it's almost like a superpower. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. So I, I kind of really liked how that overarching theme of, you know, was she effed over by Godolkin, by mm-hmm. Shetty, or is she a part of it? And, and she's both. And yeah. I think we can come back to the, how it plays out, you know, as we move through her mind, yeah. you know, uh, because we do get to see Soldier Boy. Yes, Yay. we do. Jensen Eccles back uh, in the role as, uh, as Soldier Boy. I thought this was really, really good, especially yeah. because it's an idealized version of Soldier Boy. This is uh, supposed to be her boyfriend <laughs> inside her mind. But still, he's an a-hole. Like, he's, he's still not uh, the nicest of people, you know. Yeah, Jensen Ackles here was fantastic because mm-hmm. I mean, Soldier Boy just r- races in mm-hmm. to, uh, to this this episode uh, in the mind of Kate, just like a whirlwind. Absolutely. And before you knew it, he's been blown up by uh, a strike of lightning on him, you know. But he was obnoxious. He was offen- offensive. Yeah. And um, he was everything that you wouldn't want to take. Uh, home to meet your mother. Absolutely, but particularly, boy. I thought, particularly offensive towards Andre because yeah. Andre's the new person sleeping with her. It's almost like this version is the jealous boyfriend inside yeah. Kate's head, uh, which I thought was really funny. Uh, and the idea that, yeah, he talks about the fact that he's the one that that's, um, encouraged her to, to try masturbating for the first yeah, time. Explore her masturbation. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Her imaginary fr- friend. Uh-huh. Um, and I think, you know, he's also the point of reference here. And I, I think that's really good, you know, because it could have been done so kind of standard in a way. Mm-hmm. But because it's all surrounded by this, you know, offensive, irreverent kind of stuff just spewing out of Soldier Boy's mouth. Yeah. Um, you know, this is the the exposition where Soldier Boy says, you know, you need to figure out how to you can get out of here before she dies and doesn't wake up. Because yeah. if she does before you are able to get out of her mind, you will become a vegetable like she will. Mm-hmm. And again, offensive, because it's like you'll become one of those vegetables, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And so, but it, it's that, it's just how it's delivered in the skin of Soldier Boy. It's just really, really good. Yeah. Um, and That's... just, you know, he spews out loads of classic pillow talk lines and, and so on. <laughs> Absolutely. But also referencing what we know about him from uh, from The Boys Season 3. Yeah, exactly. The fact that he was brainwashed by the Russians. Uh, Dusty says this to him and he has just the classic line of, I'm red-blooded, blooded, not commie red, red, white and blue red. I fart the star-spangled <laughs> banner. And Dusty's challenging him. I thought that was really funny. Yeah, it was yeah. really good. Because yeah. again, he wouldn't know any of this. This is the imaginary version in Kate's mind of, uh, of Soldier Boy. I thought exactly. that was really I mean, what a cameo. I, I loved this. Absolutely. I loved uh, Soldier Boy being here. I mean, yeah. who else would be her imaginary friend? So, yeah, yeah, superb. And once again, as we see with Eric Kripke and the shows that he does, you know, the cast of Supernatural spreading far and wide across loads of other shows and loads of the cast that came into Supernatural as guest stars coming from loads of other shows that he's worked on. So uh, he obviously has a good relationship with them all. Uh, looking forward to seeing some more. Uh, I think Jeffrey Dean Morgan's coming into uh, to The Boys Season 4, who uh, starred in the first couple of seasons of, uh, of Supernatural. He's yeah. coming into The Boys next year. So uh, great to see uh, Jensen Eccles in here. Yeah. The other interesting thing here is that, you know, 
I said about Andre, Marie and Jordan, but we do have another passenger in Kate's mind mm-hmm. here as well. Poor old Dusty, um, who is along for the ride. Yes, and so Dusty, the um, the guy who's no longer going to school, looks like a 13-year-old, is closer to 30, uh, has his own house on campus, <laughs> yeah. uh, which is the party house. Um, I just thought there was an interesting moment. I don't know why it was there. Because we don't know anything about Dusty other than he clearly smokes a lot of uh, a lot of weed and takes a lot of drugs and drinks a lot. But just a funny little touch to him as the three of them are running to follow through Kate's mind. And he's slowing up, breathing really hard and telling them to slow down, even though he looks like the 13-year-old who should be running ahead of all. (laughs) I just thought it was an interesting touch. It was really really good. But unfortunately, Dusty... um, is is turned to dust by Golden Boy after uh, we have that great moment in one of the classes at Godolkin Mm -hmm. where you you meet Golden Boy and Andre's like really pleased to see him. You know, it's like his mate is back um, and it just, I love how dark it turns here. I love Mm -hmm. how Golden Boy uh, shifts here um, because he knows that Andre was cheating on him with Kate and of course, now Marie and Jordan also know. Um, and, you know, just that line from Golden Boys is, she didn't make you do it. You know, exactly. it, there was no touching of her hand mm-hmm. and her manipulating him in that way. Yeah. And then his eyes start to glow and poor Dusty is the one that's caught and kind of like just obliterated yeah. on the wall of, of the, the lecture theater. I was like, Oh my goodness. Absolutely. Poor Dusty. I know. Dusty gets dusted. But it was also yeah, really yeah. tense as well. I thought so. Just yeah. the w- the way Golden Boy just switched and became menacing yeah. and, and threatening to Andre. And again, this is because Andre's um, memories are being pulled in as well as yeah. Kate's, I presume. So it's a bit of the guilt, I guess, of, of uh, Andre for the fact that he was cheating on uh, on his best friend, um, who's now dead. So I guess that's, uh, that's, that's part of it as well. Um, I know you mentioned quickly, just to go back to Soldier Boy, I know you mentioned that he ended off getting hit by lightning, but I do love the joke of that was if there's one important thing I have to tell you, it's, and oh, then he gets yeah, hit by lightning yeah. and, uh, and gets exploded, uh, as well. So two, uh, dead characters in this, <laughs> in these scenes. Um, but is at least Dusty mm, dead on the outside? I think he is. I think he is. I think that was the warning from Soldier Boy. If yeah. you die in here, you're dead. Yeah. Um, so we'd never see him again in the episode. So I think Dusty might be gone. I know. Poor old Dusty. Does this make this the home base for Gen V then? Do they take over his house on campus? <laughs> That's terrible. Look at me thinking of material stuff. Poor Dusty. We liked you uh, for the very small amount of time that we saw you. But then this leads on to Jordan's yeah. memories. Um, they're outside Brink's office. They see uh, Luke freaking out. Um on Brinks and they're wondering how could they possibly know this? How could Kate know this at all? And then it turns out it's actually Jordan's memory. Uh, They were there at the time. They saw everything happen and they followed along with Brinks' direction to inject Luke and knock him out. And because of that, Jordan's rewarded with the teacher's assistant job. So Jordan chose the career, the better role, the, the higher profile at the school over telling somebody else about this very powerful student who's freaking out and obviously something's going on. Um, everybody challenges Jordan at this point, kind of going, if you had said something, you could have saved yeah, lives, exactly. you know? And Jordan even challenges themselves. Both versions of Jordan are talking to each other for the first time this season where you see them both 
attacking each other, yeah. saying we shouldn't have done this. He was he was a good man, uh, Jordan says. Um, and the other Jordan goes, no, he was just good to us. Yeah, I really you like know? that, actually, as the female Jordan uh, says, Brink was just nice to us, that's all. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's what we keep doing. Anybody who's nice to us, that's all they need to do. And then we treat them, uh, treat them better than anybody else yeah. kind of thing. Yeah. You know? So, again, another story here you know i I said at the start this this idea of the flashback taking going into kate's mind learning about kate that tends to be the story of that is this is how you forgive kate and here it's actually this is how you learn why all of the rest of you have done terrible terrible things as well along this journey to get us to this point none of you can throw stones inside your glass houses basically well that's it that whole theme that was mentioned about um you know is it kate or is it shetty or is it godolkin that's what's added to the equation here Mm -hmm. is it also godolkin arguably they're there because of their parents you know because that moves us into seeing kate actually doing one of the deeds where you see a transfusion between luke and sam uh but he wakes up sees her and she comes in and, and says you know, forget what's happening, forget Sam, he's dead, forget mm. the woods. And then cuts back later with, you know, again, seeing the the shetty power over her, the manipulation of her by saying to her, you know, you're doing a wonderful job. Yeah. Even though she's bringing her concerns to her that he's breaking down because of the times uh, they've had to wipe his memory of the woods of yep. his brother uh you know of the the experimentation yeah she can sense that it's starting to break down and um, and he is able to sort of recollect as we saw in the first episode so uh, again mm-hmm. it, it just makes it wonderfully sort of constructed i think yeah uh, all of this yeah absolutely because exactly as you say in the first episode we saw him having these moments where he's hearing hearing young Sam and he's seeing the woods and connecting all of those. And then with what we've seen with the rest of the of the crew as their minds were wiped and as bits of memories came back, it feels like when he does get his memory back at times, it hits him like a freight train. Everything just arrives at the same time yeah. and he goes straight to take out Brinks because he knows Brinks involved. Exactly. Um definitely. So uh, so yeah, I can kind of see how well constructed that is uh, throughout the season so far. Um, but we do have Marie returning to the murder of her parents and her seeing her sister there, um, her sister calling out that no matter what she does, doesn't matter if she becomes a hero, she'll always be a murderer to her. Yep. Um, and that's when she has that moment of realization, what Kate had said to her uh, at the episode before last, uh, episode four, where she was saying, um, this isn't your fault. Your parents experimented on you because they wanted some kind of superhero and an advantage in life, not even thinking of the toll it would take on you. It's not your fault. It's not any of their faults. Um, we also heard Marie coming to that conclusion in a different way earlier on in the episode, yeah. saying, God, you was the one place I wanted to go. This was my dream to get here. And now it's even worse than the place I came from, um, that the the orphanage for uh, for superheroes that she came from. So um, the dream's not working out for, for well, Kate at all. Yeah. And then they come face to face with Kate, so they're kind of no longer observers, and they have, uh, you know, they meet Kate, mm-hmm. and who says, you know, I want to put this behind me. I don't want to wake up. Mm-hmm. And that's where I think you get the great scene with that with with Kate and Andre, where she kind of, you know, it, it's like she just she can't 
process it, deal with it anymore. She yeah. just wants a release. Uh, you know, she wants to die in mm. this moment and yeah. everything that's happened. And I, I really enjoyed Andre just sort of challenging that. It says, yeah, you know, absolutely. this is the moment where you actually finally have a choice. Mm-hmm. What happened with Shetty, what happened with your parents, you weren't given a choice there. Yeah. It was a false choice, you know. Um, so just wake the F up. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, I just thought it was a really uh, great scene because, you know, I think you see here that Marie recognizes they've all been affected here and you know she does say to to kate once they've woken up and once she's been attacked by sam Mm -hmm. she just says we need to be able to trust you but you have to earn that trust like claim it back we get it things were bad for you they were also bad for an awful lot of us exactly um but you can earn your trust back here so I, I kind of like that. I thought it was supportive because, yeah. you know, I think Kate in her meeting with Shetty was hugely vulnerable here. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and and again, you know, Andre's not saying he's going to forgive her, but he's saying you need to deal with it. You can't just walk away exactly. from it either. So there is there is that challenge yeah. inside from uh, I like that moment at the start of the episode where Andre has sidled himself off in a room after getting his memories back and is going, if I go out there and talk to her, like Marie's suggesting, because this is taking a major toll on Kate. He's going, if I go out there and talk to her, I'm going to forgive her. And I just don't want to forgive yeah. her. I'm so angry about everything that's happened. So, um, yeah. yeah. But with, with that, it's basically, you know, we have to do something. And if we choose to do that, there's no turning back. Exactly. So it's like, they're going okay, after Shetty. Yeah. Off they go. You Absolutely. Know? But also we, we see Sam and Emma arrive back and Sam, um, grabbing Kate by the throat and throwing her across the room because of everything that she did. She effectively, even though it may not be all her fault and she was being manipulated, everything that she has done led to the death of Luke, uh, his brother, and he saw her repeatedly wipe Luke's mind. Yeah. Uh, he saw that happen. So uh, he knows Kate's responsibility on that. So, But Emma yeah. stands him down as well. Again, it's yep. just... It, Emma's that kind of voice of reason in mm-hmm. a sense, you know, yeah. saying show that you can be something else exactly you know exactly yeah good stuff anything else about uh, about our senior moment john no nothing uh, nothing more uh from me as i say i just think that theme of who's at fault here and the complication of what's happened to these young kids mm-hmm. over the course of their short time uh, alive and how that's been really messed up by the decision of Shetty to, you know, to target Kate for a very specific reason. And the decision of Kate think to do that, but you know, that was her step up. It was Jordan's step up. Mm -hmm. Um, And it was Marie's step up to come to Godolkin, but realizing that, you know, this is in a a toxic place with toxic people. I mean, we've seen that with tech Knight and Shetty, Mm -hmm. you know, none of these people are, looking out for the welfare of their students far from it and so i kind of like how that is a mitigating factor but they also now have agency and choice to do something absolutely and they're choosing the right thing 
Exactly, exactly. See how that plays out next week. Uh, I've got nothing else, uh, no other notes on the episode. Just, just absolutely love uh, the closing uh, theme using Hazy Shade of Winter as the as the outro for the episode. Uh, I couldn't tell if it was the Bangles version or not, the one from the eighties, which was the cover of the original Simon and Garfunkel song, one of my favourite songs. But it's just there's a, a normally there's a bit that I can tell. Um, where Susanna Hoffs, if you're old like me, one of the singers yeah. in in the Bangles, you'd recognise her voice, and it doesn't sound like her voice. So I think this might be a new cover version in the style of the Bangles. There you go. Okay, interesting. I'm wondering. I'm, I'm going to have to check that uh, once the internet updates. <laughs> once they press that update button on the internet to tell me uh, who sang that song. Uh, but I do love it. It's great. A great. It was, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah. Oh, and one other thing uh, we'd mentioned about the transfusions that are being given from Sam to his brother Luke. I just thought that was interesting when you tie that back through the revelations of what's happened. Um, we hear Brinks say that Luke has been getting better and better from the extra courses that he's on. And Jordan's saying, well, if he's getting extra courses, I want extra courses. And then they get the job as the teacher's assistant. What Jordan actually doesn't know is the extra courses that Luke is getting is the blood transfusions from Sam, which have been boosting up his powers and making him more and more powerful. So Jordan's effectively saying they want transfusions just like Luke got transfusions from Sam, which means they're effectively volunteering themselves for the experimentation that that Luke and Sam have gone through. So I don't think they knew that. No, (laughs) I'd say say not. But there you go. There you go. That's it, I think, for, for notes and points. It certainly is. Derek, what are your overall thoughts for Gen V Season 6 Jumanji? Do you know, once again, they've done it again. Um, in this show, in the boys, we thought first season we were laughing our way through episode after episode of uh, brutal, bloody um, elements that are built in to shock you, and the language was was phenomenally bad, and the uh, brutality and gruesomeness was phenomenally bad, and here they are again in Gen V, giving us another very brutal show with very different takes, a good cast of of, of characters to begin with, and then they develop them in the background throughout the episodes and then are able to pull out an episode like episode six where they're telling you a really interesting story about these characters where it is much more serious than what we've seen in the other episodes all the other episodes kind of hinted at the darkness going on in the background of god you this puts it front and center all of these people have all done bad things none of them are beyond reproach all of them had choices they could have made along the way that would have stopped them Absolutely. going into these bad places or could have put a stop to what happened with Shetty or Brinks. And none of them are great people, but now they're going to band together against the more evil people, which is people that are, could kill every soup on the planet in, in, in uh, the case of Shetty, you know? So I really like how uh, these shows have been able to establish themselves in a certain way, develop a great story with great characters and develop the writing in the way that they have. So uh, I think this is a a top episode uh, for Gen V. Yeah, absolutely. How about yourself, John? What's your final thoughts on the episode? Um, I absolutely loved this episode. Um, I thought it was constructed beautifully Mm -hmm. by having it in Kate's mind. Uh, I would give this five flicked beans out of five. (laughs) Um, I just really enjoyed, as you say... To be honest, I don't have an awful lot to add to what you've said, but mm. I, I just enjoyed how it was the complexity and the unpacking of, you know, this very simple thought of who's to blame. Mm-hmm. It's Kate. And you realize, actually, everyone's got a role. As you say, no one's beyond reproach. Um, but it's the decision now knowing what you know 
are you going to continue down that route mm-hmm. or are you going to alter course and make a decision in order to try and correct what's happened before? And I, I just really, really enjoyed that. I loved the revelation with Shetty and Cardova as well around this virus and just how that escalated, as I say, to effectively trying to uh, make it contagious uh, for controlling soups or or killing them en masse, if need be. And so, yeah, I really enjoyed that. I mean, again, even on that, you're kind of going, oh, does that mean they think they've got a real problem with all the soups? Or like the soups in all the homes where the the compound V hasn't quite worked out. Mm -hmm. It's just like, if it ends up where the superpower is that they're a paddling pool with the Mexican (laughs) flag on it, well, then we're going to give them a virus. You know, so actually it's it's sinister as much as it is protective. You know, what's the scope of this? Absolutely, it really is. Like, you, you just don't know what Shelley's plan is. You know, this could be maybe it's her way to get the top, get to the top of Vault because she has the power. Or as you say, yeah, it could be genocide that she's looking for, um, you know, yeah. for so, the people that she chooses. Yeah. Uh, really, really enjoyed this mm-hmm. episode. Five flicked beans out of five. Good stuff. I need a drink, John. Let's go. Shots, shots, shots. Let's go to the student bar. Yes. Shot, shot, shots indeed, fellow boys and girls and quizzes, and maybe even a side of nachos Mm. with fake cheese on as well, (laughs) Uh, as we are in the boys' Gen V student bar quiz. It is episode six, and we are jumanjing it to question six. How many years does Dean Shetty discover that Kate was locked in her room by her mother following the incident with her brother, Caleb? Very good. It's good to give an easy question uh, after uh, after a deep episode like this one, yes. isn't it? Yeah, yeah. John, do you want to give the question one more time? Sure. How many years does Dean Shetty discover that Kate was locked in her room by her mother following the incident with her brother, Caleb? Good stuff. That's the sixth question. Put it together with the answers for the other questions. And at the end of the season, send us in the answers to all eight questions to feedback at tvpodcastindustries.com. And you could be on the chance of getting your hands on some Gen V goodies. I think we need to go over and get some feedback from our fellow boys and girls, John. Yes. Get it. Got it. Good. That's my new intro for uh, the feedback section. Uh, get it. Got it. Good. Um, I just forgot to use it. Uh, okay. Grand, I, yes. Sorry that. <laughs> <laughs> Never mind. We have it now, fellow boys and we girls. Do. We have it now. Uh, first up, we have an email through from Coffee and Vodka. Greetings, fellow brain-flopped defenders. <laughs> it seems strange from the beginning for Marie to have been accepted to God's you, given the nature of her powers. But to find out she's also protected from forestation, mm-hmm. interester, and interestinger. So <laughs> it was an inside job. Still, it was nice to see our favourite punching bag blamed for it. It's a very nice take to have Kate as much a victim as her former friends. The manipulated manipulator. Shetty shows you don't need V to have a superpower. Assuming they were all chipped, including Emma, does this mean Sam's soon to be recaptured? Also, I love his coping mechanism of seeing his soon-to-be-shredded opponents as puppets. <laughs> Speaking of shredding, I do have to wonder at Rufus's mobility so soon after having his room decorated with his exploding genitals. Well, true. Finally, all this to develop a virus that allows for control of soups, directing their power. Sort of like Suldam and Damani without the collar, 
everything's connected. Four and a half sopping blowholes, viral single-serving keggers, and serious Sam's out of five. Peace and take care. Coffee and vodka. Very good. Very good coffee and vodka. So just referencing uh, Wheel of Time, of course, uh, if you weren't watching that show, uh, that's where the Sudan and Damani are, uh, which we also covered here on TV Podcast Industries. But yeah, nice connection there that pulled out by coffee and vodka. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. This, of course, was feedback in episode five um, that came in uh after we recorded last week. Uh, sorry, I should have mentioned that up front. So, of course, there's some answers given in this week's episode to some of those questions. So, Shetty, uh, yes, t- definitely a big uh, manipulator. And uh, it's not just about controlling soup. It's also about um, killing them, mm. effectively. So, uh, so quite interesting. Um, and it doesn't look like they were able to catch up with uh, up with Sam. Um, looks like Emma got there quickly enough. Uh, they did send in the uh, the troops last week, but that's probably what happened. They they may have chipped Sam, and that's how, how they were so easily able to find him uh, where he was. But uh, weren't able to go back and collect him before Emma goes in and gets him. So yeah, and yeah. Marie had taken out her chip at least, mm-hmm. and I guess the other she may have uh, yeah. the other members of the group as well. Yeah, she may have because she's easily able to find it, I suppose, with her with yeah. her powers. So, but a very true point, probably about Rufus. I'm not too sure how much running around he's able to do after yeah um, no that's valid valid point actually um (laughs) unless he's also got the superhero power of it growing back Uh, maybe could be (laughs) but yeah great stuff coffee and vodka thanks Thanks, Coffee and Vodka. Another piece of feedback on um, episode five from Jamie Lawton over on our Facebook group at facebook.com slash group slash TV podcast industries. Jamie Lawton says, love the way they show gratuitous violence with the use of puppets and a brief glimpse of young Mesmer on his TV show. Uh, yeah, a great, great choice there uh, using gratuitous violence through puppetry. Don't see enough puppets in the world anymore. So uh, totally right, Jamie. Uh, as we're recording on release day, we haven't got much feedback in for this episode. Please keep sending yours in. Just email us to feedback at tvpodcastindustries.com or pop on over to our Facebook group. But we did get one quick note from Derek Whitfield, who watched it uh, as it aired and said, effing amazing. Excellent stuff, Derek. <laughs> uh, thank you so much. Uh, short and sweet, I would say, on that. And yes, thank you, Jamie. I think uh, gratuitous violence with the use of puppets. And now gratuitous sex uh with a riding puppet uh yes very interesting very creative (laughs) absolutely we got a couple of extra bits of feedback which we're uh recording just over our morning coffee um, which which works quite well because the first piece is from Coffee and Vodka. Excellent. Uh, no vodka this time of the morning, though. Uh, Coffee and Vodka says, Greetings, fellow fantastic voyaging defenders. Before anything, Emma, totally. Hey, big guy, the sun's getting real low to Sam. I seem to be seeing phase one everywhere I look. Could be my version of COVID. Could be worse. Could have sex hair. <laughs> of all the tropes out there, being stuck in someone else's mind and memories isn't the most f- tiresome, but it's close. Still, they pulled it off with an exposition clip show that showed, not told, which was very much appreciated. And Shetty is this show's striker, I guess, but instead of mutants, it's killing all the soups. Is this her plan or a benefactor's? Another decent outing and great to hear about season two with all their totally podcastable shows. Prime Video should be sponsoring TVPI at this point. <laughs> Four mental countrysides, sherry popping puppets and soldier boy toys out of five. Peace and take care. Coffee and vodka. Excellent stuff. <laughs> uh, thank you, coffee and vodka. I think I'll get away with that um, because nobody else can see the spelling uh, of that. Of, of, uh, that of the countryside yes, yes yes exactly i think i will <laughs> I, think, I think you can guess though uh fellow boys and girls I think uh, can. yeah yeah coffee and vodka um well we're certainly trying to get l'oreal there with hyaluronic <laughs> acids 
Uh, I guess yeah. we attempted to get McDonald's through our mm. coverage of Loki. I think we did. Um, but uh, yeah, Prime Video, are you out there? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Although after my rant uh, last week, uh, I don't think we'll be getting the Golden Arches support no, uh, I don't think anymore. So. No. <laughs> um, but I, I, I think you're right, yeah, that there is that moment that does feel like Emma uh, talking to Sam is like Black Widow talking to uh, the Hulk and calming him down to be, come back to Bruce, uh, Bruce Banner. That's uh, true. That's from uh, Avengers... Um, Age of Ultron, wasn't it? Yeah. It was, yes. yes. Yeah. yeah. And Stryker, wasn't that the, that's the guy who was trying to kill all the mutants and then all the X-Men yes, movies. Yes, exactly. Yes, exactly. So, uh, yeah, I think that's what Shetty's plan is. Um, still trying to work out whether it's trying to kill them all or wipe out ones that she doesn't want uh, as well. So I think the great thing about Shetty is, you know, she's not a soup. Um, mm-hmm. She has been able to deal in the world of soups, like we saw with Tech Knight from the previous episodes, yeah. as well as... Just dealing with, I guess, the board of Godolkin, like you've got polarity on the mm-hmm. plus all these children. She's just really good at manipulating young minds, mm. uh, but in a really bad way and for her own ends. Yeah. And, um, and I suppose know, the fact that she wants to have this virus as a contagion rather than as something that she can administer yeah. directly to somebody, it means that she's probably not a super, probably not going to get the re- reveal like the senator from the boys that actually yeah. she is a soup behind it all. Because, uh, yeah, I, I doubt yeah. she is a soup. Um, and I, I think as well, yes, the benefactor element there mm-hmm. is, you know, that was, I think, to do with Marie, that she has a benefactor. Yes. But equally, yes, Shetty knows who that is and exactly. what's happening there. Maybe, I was thinking, you know, maybe it could be a sister because of what happens, you mm-hmm. know, what we saw here. But that would be like sort of mini Doctor Evil, really. It would. She, yeah, she'd be quite young still. She'd still be about, she'd probably about 16, yeah, I'd say. She wouldn't have the, the loot to be a be- benefactor. Never know. Think. Maybe she won the uh, the uh, the lottery, John. <laughs> she could have done, yeah. <laughs> Good stuff. Thanks, Coffee and Vodka. Yeah, thanks, Coffee and Vodka. Uh, well, just quickly, though, maybe, yeah, maybe the benefactor is someone uh, like Billy Butcher or someone that he mm. works for. Yeah, maybe, yeah. maybe. Infiltration, I guess. Yeah, yeah, it could be that. Yeah, thanks, coffee and vodka. Uh, we also got some feedback from David, Mr. Writer, who had some thoughts on episode six as well. He says, gotta love the soldier boy cameo. Man, that was hilarious. <laughs> Kate, with the Jean Grey powers, was a new approach I didn't see coming. Nice little X-Men nod there. Was I the only one scared for Emma during the sex scene, especially when the puppets came out? (laughs) This episode wasn't action-packed, but man, it was so good. A deep dive into their past, the range of all these actors is out of this world. Mm -hmm. They dove into their bag with this one. I can't wait for the next episode. That was also the fastest 40 minutes ever. It was. It really sped along. I think it was just... Mm -hmm. It was really good storytelling. Um, And yeah, it's good to get that background history of all these different characters Mm -hmm. who are all new you know for tv so really good absolutely yeah actually that's a really good point i meant to say that um we did get a question in about uh whether marie moreau's origin story was the same as in the comics and marie is new for the show as are all the characters here i think some of them might have been mentioned tangentially in the boys comic books but this series is a new series based on the world of the boys rather than something that's being directly lifted from the comic books. Yeah. So um, so as far as I'm aware, um, all their origin stories are new for, for the show itself. Um, and a really good point from Dave and Mr. Writer. Do you remember the, uh, the PSA announcement that the, uh, the cast of uh, Gen V or the characters of Gen V did for the school about having sex for your first time with any other superhero? You don't really know the powers. Make sure you keep yourself safe. So yes. they, did sta- they did do that with going and having sex in the drive-in with nobody around in case they exploded, um, you know, so they did take that part. But 
Um, Emma wasn't careful. Like Sam seems like a very powerful soup. Um, she could have blown her back out. Um, or she could know. have been sort of shot through the head by the ejaculate. She could or have been. fired yeah. off like yeah. a, a cannonball. You know, uh, they on, didn't go that way. Uh, the yeah. uh, orgasm from Sam. Yeah. Who it, knows? It could have been really, really messy. It could have been, but they didn't go that way. They went romantic. Yes. And nice and seeing God 14 times. Rosemantic. But then again, maybe that was the superpower. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Good stuff. Thanks so much uh, for the extra feedback there. Uh, we'll go back to our morning coffee. Uh, and of course, just to mention, we are covering uh, Loki this week. Once the, once the celebrations have died down around the birthdays, we will be back uh, with our coverage of Loki uh, Season 2, Episode 3, where we meet the timely Mr. Timely, Victor Timely. Exactly. Yeah. Timely, wimely. Yeah. Victor Timely. Yeah, we see him again from uh, we saw him in the post credit scene in uh, in Quantumania. So we'll uh, we get to see him again in episode three yeah. of Loki, and we'll be talking all, all about that uh, later on this week. There's not enough time in the day. There isn't. There isn't. I think we need uh, our own little miss minutes to rewind time a bit. Don't we? <laughs> exactly. Uh, but only if you're watching that show, none of that will make sense if you're not watching Loki, of course. <laughs> but thanks so much for all the feedback. Yeah. Thank you. Bye. Thanks so much for joining us for our coverage of The Boys Gen V Episode 6 Jumanji. Yes, we'll be back next time with our chat on Episode 7 of Gen V. Sick. Mm. And the next question in our Gen V student bar quiz as well. Uh, But until then, fellow boys and girls, keep watching, keep listening, and of course, keep farting your own national anthem. I'm going to go out and practice our on the day. <laughs> well, it requires skill, <laughs> it I would does. say. It does. Thanks for joining us. Talk to you again next time. Bye.